everybody! Hi friends! Well from wet and rainy Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast! I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on today's show, Dan, we're going to be talking about death by Mormonism. Right. Is that what it is? We're going to be previewing... Uh, some of some of what we're going to be discussing in our talk at the conference on death, uh, mm. grief, and belief. Yeah, and uh, and calling on you, dear listeners, to uh, to help us out with it. So yeah. uh, we we're going to tell you some of our stories. We want to hear yours. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an exchange. Yes. So uh, and we'll have some information about um, how to sign up and go to the how the to come to the itself. conference in yeah. July in. Ooh. Portland. Yeah. Who doesn't great. want to be in Portland in July? It sounds lovely. I like New York so. in June, but I like Portland in July. <laughs> that's a, that, that's a fact. Everybody oh, knows that. Oh, golly. And also, Dan, we just, we're going to be changing our release date for the show. And we just yes. wanted to say it on the show. A little bit of housekeeping. Before you go, we you do guys. it. Because, yeah. you know, if the show does, isn't posted promptly uh, Saturday afternoon, we hear about it and it's flattering. It's wonderful. No, Please. as well we should. Yeah. As well we and, should. And we've, we've created a pattern. People are used to it and it is nice to hear from, from you because it just, it says that people are kind of excited to hear the show. Um, but uh, as of, well, this show's going to, as, as you all know already, yes. it showed up on time. Hopefully. This show Fingers crossed. When, um, when they normally do, <laughs> uh, barring some bizarre problem. However, uh, in, in the in, in the future going forward, we're going to be posting the show. Uh, I believe we decided very early Tuesday morning. It should be available by drive time. Yeah, is, is wherever you are in North America. Yeah, that should work for you. So, on, uh, on, so on if you're mornings. a Sunday listener, if you're a Saturday listener, uh, our apologies. Yeah, you'll yeah, miss a you week. May, you, you may skip a week. <laughs> it may happen. Sorry, but uh, but but. Uh, You'll get back on board. Yeah. We'll, we'll all be fine. Everybody will be fine. It's fine. <laughs> we'll somehow survive. Yeah. But Dan, here's some people who are, boy, they're trying to survive. They're, they're doing, they're doing their best, but they probably should have behaved themselves first. Uh, it's the uh, Catholic bishops. Um, there's a bunch of them in California. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the, the concept that Catholic bishops should have behaved themselves <laughs> Is a bit of an understatement, <laughs> almost universally. Um, as uh, as a lot of people probably know, because um, I think we talked about it on the show, but if not, maybe you heard about it. Uh, California dealing with sort of sexual assault, the statute of limit limitations mm. with sexual assault. They they did this like one year window back in two thousand two. Yeah, we didn't talk about it on the show because we weren't recording the show back then um, for plaintiffs to bring sexual abuse claims against the Catholic Church, uh, even if the statute of limitations had expired many decades uh, right. earlier. New, New York did something similar a few and years ago. That might be what years. I'm thinking about. Yeah. Anyway, that when after that year ended, um, there had been <laughs> a shit ton of uh of cases that came forward and you know gosh the catholic church really they didn't think it was very fair uh, <laughs> i mean know, who would have seen that coming there was like a thousand lawsuits <laughs> um dating back to the 1930s come on guys like, <laughs> right you should have come forward with this already 
We molested you so long ago. (laughs) We can barely remember it. How can you? Yeah. Honestly, Um, you're still not over that? Jesus, get a life, man. Anyway, um, they had settlements worth more than a billion dollars in total. Um, and uh, in order to finance the settlements, they, um, they sold off church property, like massive amounts of church holdings. Um, and in some cases they like had to relinquish their insurance coverage for past and future abuse claims, right? In order (laughs) to get insurance. Because who would fucking insure them against that? Exactly. At this point. Exactly. Right. And so they had to just say to their, 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 their insurers, this is the one time that we're going to, that you have to pay us. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, all right, here's your money, but you can never come back. This well is dry. Yeah. Well, California has passed a law again, um, opening up another window. Yeah. And the Catholic church is none too pleased. <laughs> These bishops are like, Hey, we think thought we were in the clear this time <laughs> we thought look we you, already did a window now it's okay for us to molest again right that's what we understood that to me i thought that that was our deal so um they have asked the catholic majority u.s supreme court to uh review a case uh challenging that state law yeah. so we'll see how that goes six out of the nine folks yeah. of the u.s supreme court are catholic um that is way out of whack with the population of, at large which is, catholics make up about 12 percent of the population only 12 i thought it was closer to 20 uh i looked it up right before we started recording and yeah. google said 12 okay so unless it misunderstood what i was asking i mean is um, that Cath- is that people like is that people who attend mass or is that people who just say i'm catholic when you ask them because that's a much higher I, number i was not that nuanced with google <laughs> i just sort of just was like hey right. how what uh, like tell anyway me. it's nowhere near six out of nine no no it's not 66 percent of the country no is not catholic no i mean it's that thing's a mess right now (sighs) so we'll see we'll see if they can stand up to a bunch of bishops right and uh just be like well i mean california they can do whatever they want this puts this puts a lot of pressure on the right because on the one hand it's like if you say the word religion then you get to win if you're on the (laughs) side of religion no matter what you get to win but they've been really down on pedophiles lately. Yeah. Uh, they, so much so, so that they're just making them up. They're oh, making well, up yeah. pedophiles left and right. Uh, when there are real ones just uh, running amok, wearing, uh, wearing vestments and robes. Yeah. The great and abominable pedophilic church. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a pedophile. I mean, if you want a pedophile ring to go after... I got news for you. The word, the name Clinton doesn't have to come up. You can just, you can just go to the church. There's some low hanging fruit here, guys. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, Listen, we have talked about how the United Methodist Church is de-uniting. Oh. They are ununiting. uh, They're schizzing in point point of fact. Uh, That is happening 
It was voted upon, and it is happening. There is a new religion that is forming that is called the uh, the Global Methodist Church. Oh. Uh, rather than the United Methodist Church. So, uh, Is it really I, global? Is it really united? Who knows? <laughs> uh, no, it is global. Um, okay. Okay. Because oh, a lot the of, more the, conservative real, a lot of one? the real grumps are outside of the U.S. Yeah, you know? okay. That makes sense. You get sense. those Africans, you get Eastern Europeans, you're going to get some. That's where, that's where the real LGBTQ hatred is, and that's what's driving this mm-hmm. more than anything. Uh, is, you know, being nice to gay people is apparently real, 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 real hard. So anyway, uh, it turns out that schizzing isn't as easy as they had hoped. Oh, uh, no. They had put in a whole lot of work to try and come up with a uh, a protocol. <laughs> you can't um, just slam the door. Can't right, just stomp exactly. out. Slam well, the door you behind know, you. The, the real problem is that uh, the United Methodist Church owns that building that you guys are meeting in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... You were affiliated with us, and the name on the door says United Methodist Church, so maybe, and that's also the name on the lease or whatever. <laughs> so maybe you got to go rent a meeting room somewhere. Well, no, no, they have worked very hard. What they what they had done was they worked very hard to come up with this protocol of reconciliation and grace through separation, which that's <laughs> good lord. That's a very uh, that's not a mouthful at all, and. Uh, what ended up happening was they came up with a whole procedure, a whole process, blah, 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 hoping to avoid internal litigation because they have an entire like court system within the United Methodist church. Well, guess what? The court said new. So all of that is for not, uh, as, as the, uh, the judicial council, uh, oh. decided that they are going to step in and make it a little bit messier than they were hoping. It's already a big fucking mess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at multiple of what are called annual conferences, which God. sounds like it's just like you attend once a year, but it, that's just what you call a large group within, I don't know, it's a diocese maybe. I don't know. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Uh, the, I just can't get over the fact that they have a judicial system. Like, where do these I people know. get off? Like, come on. Yeah. Who do you think you are? Well, there's a there's a lot to uh, to unpack here. So, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the annual conferences of Northwest Texas and South Georgia were all set to disaffiliate and become global Methodists instead of united. Uh, but uh, the Judicial Council... Which sounds a little uh, Star Warsy, you know what I mean? Like a like 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 it's a Sith thing or something. Sounds like that George Lucas made it has up. Decided what? <laughs> <laughs> was, right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of global, yeah, the uh, Bulgaria Romania provi- pro, uh, provisional annual conference also has voted to leave, among many others. So. Oh wow! Uh, oh. They they. Just falling yeah. apart, damn. Well, it's a it's a tough world out there when uh, when people are wanting to be nice to mm-hmm. gay people just because yeah. they're you know 
just because that would be the civil and human thing to do. I think we should have our own internal judicial system. A TGIA judicial system? Yeah, I think so. Comprised of us? Yeah, in order to resolve our conflicts. (laughs) Our judicial system operates uh, simply by both of us picking up gavels. (laughs) And then shaking them at each other. It's yelling, very I civilized. Object. It's very civilized, Dan. For, fortunately, uh, you, you uh, don the robes, the appropriate right. robes. It puts you in a s- specific mood, <laughs> it, yeah. a judgy sort of mood. That's right. And oh. then we just, and then we just rule on each other's motions. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> Overruled. <laughs> All right, Dan. I'll have to hold you in contempt, Dan. That's <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, that right. sounds about right. I probably already do. But, um, <laughs> Dan, I don't. I didn't want to do this story. I I'm, didn't want I'm, to do any of the stories I'm, today. <laughs> it's just been. Sorry, a, it's guys. a hard time, you guys. It is, a, it is a negative time in our in our world right now. Our job is to like read these stories and try to laugh about them. Yeah, find some some lightheartedness in it. It is not an easy job. This one doesn't have it. This one, oh. there, it's not here, Dan. Let's see okay. if we can find it. Um, this is about a church in San Jose. Uh, Pentecostal in church. That is true. Uh, this is the one that um, you probably heard about some uh, suspects in a kidnapping of an infant boy in San Jose last month. And it was kind of part of this like churchy community thing. It's the same church. Um, so, so in really a really good church. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was then this is, uh, this is now, even though the story is kind of a little old, um, but there's some new news about it. Um, the, the, the leaders of the, the church have, uh, confirmed officially now, uh, that they performed a ceremony on a child who, uh, I, I should say an exorcism. It wasn't just a ceremony. As it was it was a specific ceremony on a three-year-old and uh, the end result was her death oh my um, god so um and they've confirmed that uh, yeah we we did that we we uh we hold, we held the exorcism uh to quote liberate her of her evil spirits oh a three-year-old she was three um and they say uh that what happened meaning her death, uh, was, quote, the will of God. Oh, um, And wow. not the consequence of an exorcism, because it couldn't possibly be the exorcism. Right. Uh, because according to uh, Rene Huezo, he's a pa- he's pastor of Iglesias, or Iglesia Apostoles y Profetas. That was very good, everyone. That was if perfect. You, Nailed if, it. <laughs> Uh, he says, if you read the Bible, you'll see that Jesus casts away demons and made sick people healthy again. And I also mm. love, okay, I just need to pause for just a minute because like the, the, they're always like, oh yeah, Jesus did it. Well, according to your own theory about Jesus, he was God on earth. Yeah. Right. And so like, maybe, maybe there are things that he could do in your little story that maybe you shouldn't do yeah or can't do maybe it's maybe, maybe walk it's on water a time or two before you jump to killing a kid <laughs> oh, 
Um, anyway, unpause. Oh, he's also the grandfather of the victim. He says, it's not when I want to do it. It's when God in his will wants to heal the person. The preacher is like an instrument of God. What we do is what God says. This guy's so fucking full of himself. Um, so Go the be child an instrument of God in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Go do that. Go, uh, go, go be an instrument of God outside of society where you can do less harm. Uh, yeah. According to the Santa Clara County medical examiner's office, the death was by asphyxiation and it has been ruled a homicide. Um, the child's mother, uh, withheld food from the girl and was the one squeezing her neck during the exorcism. Uh, she's been arrested and charged uh, with assault on a child resulting in death. No, you charge her with homicide. You charge the whole group with homicide. That is just, it is, it is infuriating that a mother could, because I have no doubt in my mind that she believed she was doing something good. She wasn't. That, that these people believed that they were doing something good. Because you wouldn't do that. You would never put your hands around your child's throat and strangle them. It's just... You're being very generous, Dan. I'm just saying religion poisons brains. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, Another preacher at the church uh, who was not present at the exorcism actually spoke to the media. He said, we know we haven't done anything dark. And we know that we have a clean conscience, that we haven't done any harm, that we haven't provoked the death of the girl. As I say, precautions and actions weren't taken to deal with that case. That was something natural that happened. Her death was natural. Right. She died of natural causes. uh, And those causes were not being able to breathe because someone's hands were around her throat. And he continues. Maybe, I don't know, we didn't take the most logical approach. <laughs> oh, God! Is what he says. Wow. He, I, I Unfortunately, he's actually not talking about, you know, the, 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 lo- the illogical approach of actually performing an exorcism. Right. Um, he says, and we should have taken precautions that should have been taken to, like, Take her to a hospital and make sure she's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah that's important. Think? Uh, she was like dead for an hour before they called 911. Holy shit. Yeah. I, yeah, there you go. Yep. There you go. Yeah. I guess, I guess the demon won that round. Well, she was really, really possessed. She, she was, was, she was a very evil three year old. She was mega possessed. The mother sometimes. asked her to pick up her room two or three times. And nothing. She just wouldn't. Just, just wouldn't. nothing. Something was seriously, seriously wrong with that child. <sighs> okay. Well, that uh, is. I I don't even feel good about saying <laughs> like trying to make that joke. All right. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Well. Blech. So we're gonna. Blech. That's okay. We'll move on from from a story that's intractable and impossible to uh, to feel good about to <laughs> Jerusalem and conflicts between Jews and Palestinians. So that oh, should goody. be great, right? This is this will be cheery. Yeah. This will be great. Uh, so <laughs> people who know Jerusalem uh, know that the Al Asqa Mosque 
uh, is built, is which is one of the, th- it's considered the third holiest site for Muslims in the mm. world. Yes. Uh, is built on a hilltop, which is one of the holiest sites for Jews in the world called the Temple Mount. Yeah, so, it's not. Fortunately, they figured it all out with like some sort of time sharing thing, like forever ago. It, it, it's it works great. It's literally. <laughs> do you know what they call this sort of the 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 agreement that they're all operating under? Uh, no, I guess I don't. They know. call it the status quo. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't come up with a better name than that. It should. Yeah. No. Uh, anyway, status quos have a way of changing over time <laughs> of being, of being disrupted. Yeah, <laughs> they kind of do. Uh, so, th- and this is, I mean, if, if anything, this is a, an encapsulation, a, a synecdoche, if you will, mm. for the entire, uh, Israeli Palestinian conflict, which is everybody feels like they have the right to everything and everything is sacred and holy to everybody, but in different ways. So, yeah. yeah, there's a bit of a conflict there. Um, the thing is that uh, for a while, for just a brief while, while uh, during the uh, the holiday period, the the Muslim holiday period, um, they were not allowing Jews onto the Temple Mount. Uh, this is a thing that happens every year, I guess. And then on this last Thursday, uh, the Thursday before this last Thursday, for you guys listening at home. They started to allow Jewish visits again. And it, it's such a stupid setup. Like, Jews are allowed to go onto the Temple Mount, but they're not allowed to pray on the Temple Mount. And every now and then somebody prays, like, quietly to themselves, and it just causes holy hell. It's it's all very stupid. But uh, right. they so they allowed the Jewish visits to continue, and immediately several rounds of clashes occurred. Because, of course, they did. Uh, Police came in, um, and and Israeli police uh, started, arrested a whole bunch of of Muslims, and, uh, you know, rocks were thrown after the Mm. police got there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not before, not inciting, but apparently around 50 Palestinians were detained. Um, And then, and then, uh, and then things just went back to normal. Or maybe that is things back to the status quo back to what would you call it? I don't know. The status quo. (laughs) Oh man. It feels, it feels like the conflict is the status quo. Mm. Anyway, we're going to, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, because we had some people write into us about last week and me ranting about the Israeli Palestinian. uh, Oh, excellent. Conflict. All right. All right, Dan wouldn't be a a really good episode of thank god i'm atheist without the mormons the mormons oh good i'm so glad here's a little update we like to know what's going on with uh the mormon church membership numbers increases decreases what have yous lies about how many there are (laughs) um apparently in uh, over the last couple of years, uh, the, uh, the the number of Mormons has uh, actually shrank 
in uh, 21 U.S. states. Wow. Well, they lost membership. Considering how much effort is put into gaining new Mormons, mm. that's actually kind of a big deal. Yeah. Now, globally, they were up 0.8%. <laughs> wow. And nationally, they were up 0.6%. But yeah, uh, 21 states and the District of Columbia saw their numbers decrease. Uh, California was down 2.84%. Two like almost three percent. That's a lot. And there are a lot of Mormons. Right? Yeah, you'd be surprised. In, in there, California. Are, there are more Mormons than you're thinking there are in yeah. California. Um, it's like the second largest state for Mormon population, which probably has more to do with the fact that it's such a populous state. But I mean, that's okay. Yeah, but I mean, there are a lot of Mormons in there like, are. Southern California. Uh, then there's uh, North Dakota. They lost two point two eight percent. Whoa. Washington state lost 2% and, uh, and then, you know, you have like New Jersey, Louisiana and, and Nebraska, which also all lost some, but they were small, uh, declines. They had some, uh, percentages that went up South Dakota went up 6.5%. Wow. That's so weird. They, so they gained three Mormons in South Dakota. <laughs> I mean, that is the thing about percentages, right? <laughs> Percentage increases, right? Yeah. If you, yeah, you gotta, you gotta look at the total population. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, you get a few new ones may not mean that much to have six point, but anyway, uh, Arkansas, uh, up three, uh, I'm sorry, 5.3% and Tennessee up almost 5%. Wow. Um, which is just kind of crazy so yeah there you go too many mormons there are too, too many, many it doesn't matter how many there are if yeah. it's a non-zero number yeah we've got too many mormons i know i can't wait for utah to be on the the decrease list it's almost surprising that they're not other than the fact that we know that they're just babies. having babies too much yeah. yeah just too many babies so yeah. that's that's how they do it that's that's how they keep the numbers up here <laughs> just just babies and babies oh god they just won't let it go will they <laughs> all right uh i'm gonna close this off i'm gonna go uh, a little north of here for our final uh story and i'm gonna take us to idaho where you know just like the rest of this country terrifying things are happening politically uh and one of one of those terrifying things comes in the form of Idaho Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeechan. Oh no, kidding! Who is uh, we've we've talked about her before. She's the one who, like, the second the governor left the state, mm -hmm. she changed the COVID rules because she thought she just could. Well, I mean, <laughs> technically, she could. She is like crazy, <laughs> like in the most technical sense, according to their, the way their state is set up. She was governor while he was out of the, the state or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, she's nuts. Anyway, uh, she is, she is a non good faith actor is mm, part of what is, is exactly. part of what we know. Uh, she's like one of her campaign. She's currently running for governor. Oh dear God. Um, and, uh, one of her campaign things there's an image, this amazing image of her in some sort of big van uh, in in tactical khaki. 
Uh, that's the van, not her. She's holding. She's she's looking. She's in the driver's seat, uh, looking out the window, holding in one hand a pistol and in the other a Bible, and then there's an American flag dangling off the side. Oh my God! It's that kind of a thing. Um, she recently did an interview in which she. Now this is a woman, by the way. I will say this is a woman who, di- who, at one point did very recently participated in a far-right extremist uh, gathering, the AFPAC, whatever that is. Uh, And then when she was called out on it, uh, like she was interviewed by by Boise's KTVB reporter, Brian Holmes, he said, hey, do do you happen to know the guy who runs this? This is this guy, Nicholas Fuentes, who's a, a... very out and proud white supremacist and nationalist and just a horrible human in general. And uh, he said, you know, the, the person who put this on is Nicholas Fuentes. Do you know who she is? And she's, and you can, uh, you can track down that interview. It is uncomfortable. And eventually she, you know, he's calling her out. He's basically saying you're associating with this guy. And she's like, you can't just say I'm associating with him just because I have made an association with him. And, and then she eventually leaves. <laughs> and then, and, uh, and now she, she just did a, uh, an interview recently in which she ends it by looking directly at the camera and saying, God calls us to pick up the sword and fight and Christ will reign in the state of Idaho. Oh, I- so that's where we're at, kids. Uh, we need to vote, all of us. Uh, if you don't live in the United States, move here and vote, please. <laughs> yeah, because we uh, need all the help we can get. It's uh, they're literally trying to install Christo fascism in this country, and they're not making any bones about it. They're just saying it now. Yeah. Holy crap. Well, I mean, (sighs) it's scary and, you know, fear is a good motivator, right? Yeah. Maybe people will get out and vote. I hope hope so. I hope, hope, you know, maybe this leaked Roe v. Wade decision and Mm. just seeing the crazy Mm -hmm. winning, Mm -hmm. maybe that's enough to get a few people out voting. Mm. Good Lord. Heaven help us. Well, uh, if you would like to comment on this or any of our stories, please uh, feel free to do so. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com is the email address. Or you can call us and leave a voicemail message. Our telephone number is 424-666-8442. We may play it on the show. Stick around. There's more show coming up. Hey, Frank. Dan. You know how we were just talking about how the Christian nationalists are trying to take over our country? Yes. You know how that's kind of been a theme of late on our show? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, do we have uh, to here, do we have to deal another with it? No, Dan. Yeah, sure. More? We're just going to we're just going to keep going with it. Uh this <laughs> 
is a pastor who uh, who wants to tell us all about, or rather, he's talking to God, and he's uh, he's he's envisioning a plan for public education. Let's let's see. I'm going to give our our listeners a little a little task. See if you can come up with where he might be being hypocritical. Oh, okay. Now, Lord, according to your word, we take authority over our education system. And Lord, we call for righteousness in our education system, truth in our education system, justice in our education system. We cast down that demonic hold of indoctrination in our education system. And God, we declare that there's no education outside of the word of the living God. There's no true education outside of the the word of the living God. We declare according to your word that all of our children shall be disciples taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace and undisturbed composure of our children. So God, we call for righteousness in every level of education. I call forth righteous superintendents, righteous teachers, righteous principals, righteous righteousness now. And that by righteousness and the word of righteousness, the demonic and the deception and the evil that is taught in the classroom would be driven out by the hand of God. Driven out by the hand of God. Driven out now by the hand of God. And God, I thank you for young people who are taught according to your word in Jesus' name. Did you catch it, Frank? (sighs) Did you catch that he was talking about how he doesn't want indoctrination of the children? But he does want to indoctrinate them. He loves indoctrination of children. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's his favorite thing. Hmm... Just can't be the wrong kind. Just uh, not your indoctrination. Oh my God. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. He God, if a... I didn't want to live in a country with just a bunch of like ding dongs running around, although I do, let's just let them not educate their kids. <laughs> right. I mean, it would be awful in a lot of ways. Yeah. But um, I mean, <laughs> If we could just keep them all down in like Texas and Alabama and uh, and just put a fence around it, we'll build the wall. <laughs> it's their dream. It's your dream, not ours. Oh, Lord knows they won't be able to read a map or be good with geography. Right. They won't know that they're surrounded by a, a fence. Make yeah, it big enough. You, you have to have a certain level of education before you have earned Google. So you don't get that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Good Lord, Dan. Well, we had some folks write into us, call into us. We had some folks, some, yeah. some correspondence. Uh, and I love it when that happens. Douglas wrote into us, and Douglas had a, 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 a very long and, and a very informative email. But I've, I've tried to pare it down just so that, because I wanted to get to the, to the meat of what he was saying. Douglas says, uh, dear Dan, this is directed to me because it's about something that I was saying uh, on last week's uh, mm, show. Okay. Point of clarification on episode 543 from a lawyer licensed in three states and practicing for over 30 years. Hate speech is absolutely protected under the First Amendment. Confusion on this in- issue is understandable as states do pass hate crime laws. Under these laws, there are there is no such thing as the crime of hate speech. 
Instead, certain motives, if proven, can be aggravating circumstances to underlying crimes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so there is no law in any state that criminalizes speech in and of itself. Uh, Douglas goes on, I would take strong issue with your statement, this is my statement, that speech is violence for a number of reasons, but mostly because it is just false at least as much in as much as violence suggests a physical assault on a person or property. When I was in law school, we, we brought in the Jewish ACLU lawyer who represented the Nazi party so they could march through Skokie, a city with the most per capita Holocaust survivors of any place in the country at the time. That case went to the Supreme Court and the Nazis slash ACLU won. Although I was a member of the student division of the ACLU myself at the time, as a Jewish student, I struggled with the case and the decision of the lawyer to take the case for a long time. Over the years, however, observing political tides shift in our culture over decades since school, I have come to the conclusion that the ACLU lawyer was 100% correct in his commitment to represent the most noxious elements of our society in exercising First Amendment rights when weighed against the sensibilities of in any individuals or groups. I doubt you have the time or desire to read my exhaustive explanation why I think this to be the case. For now, suffice it to say that the restriction of speech of any kind will never end with the target of your choice and will always end up aimed back at the promulgators of the restrictions like a loose cannon. Hmm. So thanks, Douglas. I think that's a, a totally valid perspective. And uh, I still think that there's psychological violence in speech, but I think that, that you're right, at very least on a legal, in a legal sense, to, uh, to point out that that's not the same thing as physical violence. So there you go. Hmm. All right. Miles wrote into us to say, Hello, Frank and Dan. I was just listening to your recent podcast, and I thought I would give you my two cents about the, quote, purge of the Christians in the military. Oh, you remember we yeah. talked about how some military Christians were just talking about how they were just being purged. The Christians were being purged out of the military. <laughs> and uh, oh, they were very worried about it. It's a choice, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Miles says, I have been in the Air Force for 16 years. And to think the military wants to get rid of Christians is laughable. <laughs> Most of the base chaplains are Christians. Yeah. Every day, every time we deploy, they always give us Bibles. <laughs> when we have a military function, a promotion ceremony, change of command, etc., we have to have a prayer before the beginning of the ceremony. The actual reason huh. why they were getting kicked out is because they disobeyed a lawful order to get vaccinated. The military has given us other vaccines that weren't fully tested or were still in the experiment phase. And all the people had no issues taking them. I truly don't understand why this one is a bridge too far. Their extremism has gotten so bad that we now have to do training because so many people in the military adamantly believe in QAnon. Oh, my God. But that's what happens when you quell critical thinking skills. Huh. Uh, that is, uh, that is a, an accurate statement. When you start to say, don't think for yourselves. Yeah. Oh my uh, god! They don't. Um, good to hear that they're doing trainings to uh, in in reaction to QAnon, though. I yeah, had, I hadn't heard that. That's great. 
it's probably way too little and way too late and probably yeah. just something that's easy to spin into. See, they're trying to kick out good Christians. But <laughs> there you go. Uh, we have a voicemail, do we not? We do. Um, a caller uh, responding about last week. I think um, she explains it pretty well. So let's just okay. uh, have a listen. Hey, Frank and Dan. This is Brandy Beckett calling again. I was just listening to the latest episode where that nut job guy, Stu Peters, I think his name was, was talking about how left-wing liberals are in communists are all transgender demonic rapists and so i decided i'm gonna call in with funny jokes about how i'm a trans demonic person who can't have kids so i steal them and rape them or something i wanted to make a joke out of all that but it's just getting to me as a trans person i am literally the butt of their jokes an insult to a typical person is called them trans and you just demolish them according to these right-wing nut jobs. I exist as the butt of a joke and nothing else to these people and it's, and it's getting so hard to tolerate. I don't know what to do anymore. Anyways, your thoughts? Oof. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, um, that is an it's such an important perspective Absolutely. to remind people of because it's it can be so easy to otherize and demonize someone who you don't have to meet. Mm. But the fact of the matter is like somebody taking someone's actual identity, just who they are. Right. And turning it into, I mean, as she said, the butt of a joke, but also. The, the, an insult a literal demonization mm. literal demonization mm. like mm. saying you are possessed by demons mm. it's not oh, okay yeah. yeah so brandy i want you to know that we're with you and mm -hmm. that we honor who you are for who you are mm -hmm. yeah, i'm choking up a little bit honestly because it pisses me off so much this hatred and this this evil that these people are promulgating in this country and around the world. And it is just, there's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. It's they're just, they're just, they're just hateful. They're hateful and they're doing it for their own, their own political gain. They're doing it for gain. Mm -hmm. It's sick. It's, it is it's sick. Disgusting. It's, um, yeah, I, I don't even I don't even know what to say. There's nothing to say. Fuck yeah. them. Fuck them. And yeah. and brand, everybody get out there and find yourself a trans person to hug. Yeah, because I mean, they because they need it. Preferably, you know, get, get permission. Know, get permission at least. <laughs> get some consent first. <laughs> Maybe uh, get to know them a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But just a little. Can I give you a hug? Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but yeah. I like the I sentiment. Know. I just, I, all, all of our trans listeners just know that I am hugging you from yeah. my heart. I think that's, that's lovely. Yeah. And finally, uh, we, we had one more, uh, writer in, this is Rabbi Gruber. 
our our mm. resident uh, expert. I was I was hoping he would write in, and I was hoping that I wouldn't be too excoriated because as 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 we already heard last week, I talked about uh, the 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 head of the Anti Defamation League pronouncing all the groups that are that that condemn uh, Israel Israeli violence against the Palestinians calling them anti-Semitic. And I, I had much to say about that. So I was hoping I wouldn't get too, I, I wouldn't be in too much trouble. Here's what Rabbi Gruber had to say. Dear Frank and Dan, thank you so much for addressing the ADL issue. I was surprised to hear that Jonathan Greenblatt, who did not risk his life for Israel, uh, would say that people like me, who proudly did, but who are heartbroken over Israel's horrendous behavior, are anti-Semitic. In all seriousness, this is a difficult issue. Are there people who who begin with criticism of Israel and eventually become guilty of anti-Semitism? Of course, and we must guard against this. But to paint all those critical of Israel or even those who reject the Zionist project as anti-Semitic is wrong. Hmm. I also believe that many, if not most, Americans superimpose their preconceived notions, right or left, on a struggle they do not understand. It's human nature. The settler-colonist framing of the Zionist project is as simplistic as the framing that ignores the Palestinians because supposedly the deity gave the land to the Jews. Both sides have done terrible things along the way, and they continue to. Where Greenblatt and many American Jews lose the plot is that Israel cannot lay claim to democracy while ruling over another people with no end in sight. And the Israeli settler movement has made it near impossible to form two contiguous independent states. Where the anti-Zionists lose the plot is that both peoples have legitimate claims to this land, and if Israel just lay down its weapons, it would be overrun. In truth, this is a complicated and messy conflict involving two peoples indigenous to a tiny strip of land who, though locked in struggle, must eventually learn to live together. This is why I support a small but growing innovative movement called A Land for All that seeks to create a confederation of two nations who would each have set political boundaries but who would allow, but would allow both peoples to live wherever they wanted to west of the Jordan River. Hmm. And then he, he gives uh, the address, alandforall.org, wow. uh, slash English, if you want that. <laughs> so thanks for, uh, thanks for writing in, Rabbi Gruber. I appreciate that. And I didn't get in big trouble. So that's, hey! a big, that's, a, that's a double win for me. Dan! There is at least one Jew out there who doesn't think that I'm anti-Semitic. So that's, <laughs> that is a, or at least... <laughs> Doesn't think that that particular thing that I said was anti-Semitic. He might think I am. I don't know. Uh, so we, we've got some new people to thank, and I'm going to start us off. Um, I want to first thank Andrea, who uh, who is a new deacon uh, with us and uh, over on PayPal. So thank you so much, Andrea, for for you for joining in. Congratulations on your uh, Mormon magic powers, and uh, thanks to Peter. Who is a patriarch uh, now in in the uh, in the TGIA fake Mormon Church? So <laughs> that is impressive. So thank you so much that for that. Is indeed. 
and we have some people to thank over on Patreon as well, Dan. Woo! Uh, we have a new deacon by the name of My Dad Got Lyme Disease and Only Eli Bosnick Can Help. <laughs> okay. I, okay. Um, I feel for your dad then. Yeah. It's going to be a while. <laughs> um, we have a new teacher by the name of Jacko Fall. Uh-huh. Uh, we have uh, two new priests. Woo! We have Francis and Ray. Nice. So thank you to the both of you. Well and done. we have a new elder by the name of Joseph. Oh, we are just doling out priesthood like it's going out My of style, y'all. Goodness gracious. Thank you guys so much. And, and congratulations on all of the cool shit that you'll get, including magic powers. And uh, for most of you, uh, a uh, you, you get the Frank and Dan Diary, Ooh. a weekly bonus some bonus material only so for good. our patrons. So That's good. That's pretty exciting. We, 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 put, we put a lot of work into it. And... Uh, <laughs> that sounds facetious, <laughs> and it is. Uh, so, <laughs> But great. it's excellent. Now, we, now we're not going to have any more people, Frank. Thanks. <laughs> it's, it's still there. It's yeah. still fun. It's, it is fun. It's a lot of fun. People like it. So if you want to join the ranks of these people... Go to thankgodimatheist.com, click on the support tab. Uh, you sign up however you want to. You pay us however much you want to. And uh, and then we're just as grateful to you, and you get the magic powers and everything. So, like, there's no downside here. Uh, it's all it's all gravy. And I think we have one more person to thank, don't we, Frank? We do indeed, Dan. Our top donor, our Lord and Savior, Austin! More show coming up. Well, Frank, Dan, uh, we will be, as, as mentioned earlier in the show, uh, on July 15th through the 17th in Portland, Oregon, we will yeah. be uh, keynote speaking at the Conference on Death, Grief, and Belief, Yeah, uh, which, you can go, which you can find out about uh, at deathgriefandbelief.com. And one of the, the, the topic that we will be talking about mm -hmm. is leaving religion... We specifically high demand religions, high demand religion, especially mm -hmm. and how it parallels death in a, in a family, mm. the ways that it, so we're, we're not going to, you know, give our whole talk now, No, but we, I wanted to talk a little bit about my, our experiences and the experiences of specifically Mormons. Mm-hmm. Because Mormonism, it's it, you know, it's a it's a it's a global religion. It, you know, they <laughs> so got, to speak. They claim what 14, 15, 16 million. So global. Yeah. So many people. I mean, out of how the, many billions on the planet these days? Hey, they're all over the place. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the fact that there's only two of them in <laughs> Afghanistan doesn't mean that they're not there. <laughs> global. Uh, Global bitches. Anywho, <laughs> it's a very high demand religion. It yeah. is, uh, it is culty. Uh, if if you want to get, it, depending on your definition of cult, you go ahead and define it however you want. Uh, but it is it is high demand for sure. Yeah, and they and they have one of the one of the hooks that they get in you and that they that that keeps you there 
is uh, that they say you can live, you can be with your family forever, eternally. I love that this is like a selling point, right? Right? Like, this is not like, like you, if the missionaries showed up and I'd never heard of Mormonism and I was like, oh, who are these kids? Yeah, let's hear what you have to say. And they get to that part and they're like, <laughs> and you can be with your family forever. And I'm like, can I pick which ones? Yeah, exactly. That doesn't well, sound great. That doesn't sound great. Do I have to? Yeah. <laughs> can I not? Is that an option or is this, a, is this just a, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know. There is specifically people I would. No. The, Right. Uh, There are, here's the thing though. Uh, Mormons hold on to this concept and it is, it means everything to a lot of them. And so, yeah. If one of their kids mm -hmm. decides, uh, I actually don't believe this anymore. They're not just sort of, you know, rejecting the ethos of the family. They're not just rejecting the, the, the dogma with, uh, you know, that they were raised in, they're ruining an eternal family. And they just broke their Mormon mom's heart. They like for real. Like Like, she, like literally everybody, like it gets intense. mm -hmm. I know multiple people whose parents disowned them. Mm. I know multiple people who, went through years of uh of just really really hard times with their with their families now mormonism doesn't have what the jehovah's witnesses have which is a a a, a sort of regimented shunning mm. like if someone leaves you're supposed to shun them like mm-hmm. that's 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 written into the rules right mormonism doesn't have that it's, but they still somehow figure out how to shun. Yeah, it's just sort of. Well, I mean, on like the the very local level, like your local community, like you have no reason to interact with them anymore if you leave the church, right? Because it's yeah. like your neighborhood here in Utah, at least in a lot of Utah, your your neighbors are the people you go to church with, yeah. and then consequently, because it is a is so high demand your whole life is wrapped up around that congregation, right? Your social yeah. life is wrapped up around it. Your all the activities that your kids are involved in are wrapped up around it. It's very it, likely if you are if you are a Mormon and you are a participating Mormon that you don't even have friends who aren't in the church. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. And yeah. then like, when you come out, guess how many of those friends want to stay friends with you? Yeah. It's, it's very frequently, uh, zero. They just don't know what to do. They don't know how to talk to you anymore. They don't know how to deal with you. And you're probably also not for nothing going through some shit. Yeah. Uh, you're angry, you're upset, you're hurt. Uh, and you don't want to deal with them anymore either. Uh, it turns out a lot of the time. Yeah. So it's kind of like. Like you, you literally have to grieve this and your family has to grieve this moment in the way it is like the death comparison is not an exaggeration. People grieve this as though they're experiencing a death. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. 
No. So anyway, my mom's told me multiple times that, uh, or no, 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 she hasn't actually told me. She's told my sister and my sister told me, um, (laughs) (laughs) which is the best, um, that, uh, she could have handled me being gay. Right. On whatever level that means. Right. But it's the atheism. It's the rejection of the church. Right. Oh, that she, she just can't handle, which by the way is bullshit because if, because the truth is that like they go hand in hand, you don't a gay, gay people who stay in the church are just miserable. Yeah. Uh, But she would not like, she would not have just been okay with you being gay. No, but she feels like it's something that she could have worked on. Right. Right. That, that with she, enough prayer, maybe. Right? right. But if I'm if I'm not willing to take on some some work, right? I.e., I'm atheist, so why in God's name would I you know do, that that's do her logic. Things. That's her that's her logic. Yeah. It's fine. Um, but yeah. So take it's, that one. Uh, it is a it is a tough uh it is a tough thing. And what we would like from you guys, uh, this is a, a call to action. We want to yeah. hear your stories. If you uh, left a church, we want to know, you know, we're, we're drawing this comparison between death and leaving. Mm. And maybe it's the opposite. For a lot of people, maybe leaving the church was their first breath of life. Oh, and for, for the person leaving, yes. Absolutely. But, but if you lost your family, mm. uh, then you went through death to get there. Anyway, we want to hear your stories. Write to us. Tell us your stories. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're compiling stories right now and sort of getting a sense of, if you're Mormon, yes, we want to hear your story. We do. Uh, but we also want to hear, you know, if you're Jehovah's Witnesses or if you were raised, uh, you know, in the Heaven's Gate cult, whatever, whatever it was. <laughs> Uh, we want to hear and Rajanishi. we want to know, we want to, we want to know what your emotional experience of this, uh, of the events of you leaving, uh, what was the impact? Mm-hmm. How, how did it affect you? Um, it's, it will be so useful to us as we, as, as we're preparing, you know, we've been working on this, this, this her speech we're going to give over in, uh, in July. So remember, if you want to come and uh, and see us speak in Portland at the Death, Grief, and Belief in Belief at the Death, Grief, and Belief conference, go to deathgriefandbelief.com. <laughs> I can't say it, but you can oh. still go. If you can't make it to the entire event, uh, you can just come and see our little uh, thing on Saturday the sixteenth. Uh, that's, uh, that's just our thing. That's $15 to come and see us. And there is an atheist after party following our thing. You'll meet us. You'll meet Seth Andrews. Who's also going to be there. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, sign up for all of the things. Send us your stories. We want to hear it. Uh, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you could call and tell us about it. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah. Go to the Facebook page, folks. Facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. Click the like button. And if you'd like to join one of our members only lounges, you can do so. Uh, Just go to thinkoutimatheist.com slash members only for directions. Thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. 
And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.